Hey everybody, happy game day. We got game quests coming up here in just a moment, but want to give a big shout out to Smoky Mountain Organics for bringing us this podcast. It's East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store that focuses on natural products and organic remedies to a variety of ailments. You can visit their four locations located in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and the newest location in Knoxville, 8018 Kingston Pike, across from the Trader Joe's. Or you can buy online at the website at www.smokymountainorganics.com. Smoky Mountain Organics features the best brands of CBD products, bath and body care items, organic teas, and had the largest selections of plant therapy essential oils in Tennessee, plus a whole lot of more items, all right? The new sponsor promotion, it's with being new to VolQuest, they want to start out by welcoming every Vol fan to any location. If you mention the word VolQuest, they're going to give you 15% off your total purchase price. That's on in-store purchases only Purchases only at Gatlinburg Pitch and Forge Severable and at the newest location in Knoxville, 18 or 8018 Kingston Pike, across from the Trader Joe's. So shout out, big shout out, to Smoky Mountain Organics. And now, here's your game quest. It's another game day for Tennessee football and first-year head coach Josh Heupel. Get in the know with Game Quest, a VolQuest pregame podcast with Ben McKee and Eric Kane. Game Quest starts now. Welcome to the Game Quest, Tennessee Tech Edition, alongside Ben McKee. I am Eric Kane, and happy game day, everybody. Tennessee will take on FCS in-state foe Tennessee Tech today, Neyland Stadium at 12 noon. We're going to dive into the numbers for Tennessee Tech. I know there's not much to get into, but a lot of people have been asking as the week goes on, who exactly is Tennessee Tech? We'll discuss that. We'll give a a bold prediction to end the show and a lot more in between. Ben McKee, we're finally here to game day again. And so far through the season, Tennessee one and one. Let me ask you this to kick things off. Is Tennessee better, worse, or about where you thought they'd be at this point in the season? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. And I hope everybody is doing well on this beautiful Saturday before Tennessee takes on the the fighting Derrick Rogers of Tennessee Tech, and uh, I, I'll go ahead and apologize for guaranteeing a win last Saturday because it was it was my birthday. If if you want to blame me for the loss, then that's perfectly fine. But I blame uh, you. That that's fine. I I'm, my wife blames me for everything. Swain blames me for everything. Austin does. You do. So the, the only person who who truly has my back and Butch Jones style is my dog. So um, that that's all that really matters to me. But Uh, It's a little bit of both to answer your question. Uh, I I think it depends on which side of the ball you're talking about. I did not expect to be going into the Tennessee Tech game thinking that the defense was ahead of the offense. Uh, The defense has surpassed my expectations, and part of that is because my expectations for the defense was so low, to be quite honest. I I expected very little out of this defense, and, and we will see what they do. Uh, against Florida, uh, we'll, we'll dive into Florida more. But that that is a matchup that I think would surprise some people that th- there's an opportunity for some success there just because uh, Florida does not have its wits about them on offense. Um, very similar to Tennessee on offense, as a matter of fact. 
And then there's obviously South Carolina, Missouri, some other games on the schedule where, where we can really tell the progression of the defense. But uh, they're, they're further ahead because of the play of the def- defensive line. Uh, Theo Jackson, great start to the season. He, he's really helped the secondary take a step forward. Um, so the defense is ahead of where I thought it would be at this point. Special teams is about what I expected just because uh, of Mike Eckler. I expected special teams to, to be great, and, and they have been so far. I, I'm not going to jinx the kicker. Wink, wink. Uh, Paxson Brooks seems to be dealing with some type of injury. And aside from one punt, uh, he's been good, though. Uh, Toby Wilson, good on kickoffs. Uh, Bayless has had some nice kick returns. The punt return has been pretty much non-existent. I, I'd like to see Tennessee start to try to, to pick up a first down uh, here and there on punt return. Um, but offense is obviously the biggest conversation. And because of quarterback play uh, and receiver play, the the offense is behind where I thought it would be. You know, it's funny. And, uh, again, uh, you're looking ahead at Florida, and we'll break down Florida, of course, next week. But uh, Florida's about to get its, its biggest test of the season. Uh, Florida will not play another football team better than Alabama. And so we'll get to see exactly – what Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson have in the in the second half of that football game when Florida's trying to battle back. It'll get us get us a, a better picture of who Florida might be uh, heading into that Tennessee game. It's going to be completely different than what Tennessee faces, you know, today in Tennessee Tech. But you know, on on your note about special teams, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And how about hitting on my bold prediction? almost hitting it on the nail. Uh, of course, Tennessee did not score a scoop and score touchdown, and it wasn't Lenith Whitehead, but, boy, it was close with Christian Charles. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I liked your question to Josh Heupel uh, earlier in the week, and he didn't dismiss it like it was a stupid question, but, you know, Paxton Brooks, the, you can tell outside of him jogging to the sideline grimacing a little bit, you can tell something's up with Paxton Brooks because he's had one touchback in – I mean, I got to say over 10 kickoffs so far this season through two games. Oh, I guess it'd be about nine kickoffs because he only kicked off once against um, uh, against Pittsburgh. And he's not getting into the end zone. So when you asked Josh Heupel earlier in the week, it was like, I mean, are you trying to pin? Are you trying to directional kick, pin it down in there? Because we did that in college too. He said, no, we'd rather kick it through the end zone. So you can tell something's going on with Paxton Brooks. I'd agree with you. He's been fine punting. Um, but he's dealing with something on the kickoffs, but it looks like Toby Wilson's doing okay. Again, you'd like to to get those balls in the end zone, but special teams moving forward, it's got to be great. And I think let it me has ask you this. been. Let, let me stop you right there yeah. and, and ask you this. And this was uh, the other part of my question to Josh Heupel is, do you prefer the, the kicking it through the end zone or you, you know, your special team roles are going to be fulfilled because coach Eckler's coaching them up. Well, uh, guys are going to stay in their lanes and, and play out their responsibility so instead of letting it sail into the end zone, do you try to kick it into that that corner around the three, five, ten yard line and and try to bait the the kick returner into making a bad decision to pull it out? And then instead of it was the case for Pittsburgh two or three times, instead of Pitt yeah. starting on the twenty five, they started on eight, ten, fifteen, somewhere in there. You know, me personally, it, it depends on the returners as well. If you got a Percy Harvin back there, do not give him any chances. You know, if you got a you got a Deshaun Bishop back there for Carnes. Don't give it to him, you know. But um, I would I would rather kick it through the end zone every single time you have just because you're always leaving it up to chance uh, that someone can break a tackle, find a seam, and, and get something special out of it, maybe even six. 
Also, uh, I mean, Tennessee's kickoff coverage unit's been incredible, and, and I love that because it's a bunch of young players who are hungry, who are getting after it. I mean, that's that's their time to shine, and and so far through two games, they've done a great job, and they need to continue to do so. But I wouldn't want to try to tax that unit to to come up with a, a stop, you know, be, before the twenty five yard line every single time. So um, I would try to do it every single time, and if you fail, you got to have confidence in your guys that are getting it done like they have been so far. Uh, but it, it has looked really, really good for sure. Um, so, you know, moving on, of course, special teams is going to be such a huge factor for Tennessee moving forward once you get into SEC play. But today it's a chance to play a lot of players, to get a look at pretty much everybody, because there'll be a lot of players that play today that you won't see. Um, if all goes well, you won't see a whole lot of them the rest of the season. However, when things hit the fan, like, you know, things often happen over the course of a football season, you'll need to rely on some of these players to step up and give you quality snaps, maybe even, you know, quality starts down the road. And so, you know, Ben, what I'm looking for in the Tennessee Tech game today is for Tennessee to run its offense, run its defense. I mean, not open up the entire playbook, but run it the way you want to run it. And it, because, you know, these guys who will be getting reps at points in times today will, these will be the only reps they get. And so, you know, run it just like you would with Milton and Hooker in there at quarterback. Um, I, I'm looking for some for Tennessee to find some depth today. Will it be perfect? No. But can you get uh, a popular name this week? It's been, you know, Jeremiah Crawford. You know, what's he look like at tackle? Is he a guy that you can depend on, you know, playing tackle for Tennessee moving forward or at least some significant snaps? I don't know. You know, we'll get a good picture of that today. But that's kind of what I'm looking for today uh, against a team that will break down the numbers in a moment. But just – not a good football team, and it's at the FCS level. Yeah, it's it's not a not a good football team for for sure. So uh, there there's a lot to to gain for Tennessee today. I know it's not going to be a, a very entertaining football game for the fans, but Tennessee can can truly take a step forward as a football team today uh, by by handling their business uh, appropriately. Um, I know it's a, a coaching cliche, but Josh Heupel is is trying to lay the foundation for his program. And although it's Tennessee Tech Week, it's it's very important that the the players learn and continue to prepare as if it's Alabama Week, Florida Week, Georgia Week. So just the 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 process of practice and preparing and, and watching That's film. something Josh Heupel has harped on. He mentioned it three times on Monday. So if he mentioned it three times to us, you can imagine how much he's hammered home inside those meeting rooms and on the practice field that he didn't like the way the team prepared, you know, 24 to 48 hours up until kickoff against Pittsburgh. Right. And I mean, he mentioned it in every public setting of, of his media availabilities this week, vol calls, SEC teleconference, Monday with us, Thursday with us, everywhere Josh Heupel went this week, he, he talked about how he wasn't too pleased with last week's preparation. So as this football program continues to lay its foundation, it's those things that even though it's Tennessee Tech, you still have to check that box and handle uh, that well. And then building depth is the biggest thing for me this week. Uh, maybe trying to find a rhythm. Uh, with your passing offense, maybe that edges building depth out as well. But just with the state of the offensive line, I think Tennessee's starting five is is solid, uh, particularly with, with Cooper Mays in there. Uh, 
Um, Kingston, Harris, I, I mean, I think you're going to give a little, take a little. I, 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 don't, I don't think he's, he's going to be some all-conference player at, at left guard, but he, he's serviceable uh, in the absence of, of Cooper Mays and Jerome Carvin having to slide over to center. But because you lost Karon Calvert, because you lost Riley Locklear before the season, you mentioned that you need guys like Jeremiah Crawford to step up and see what you have uh, in those type of guys, a Chris Akrogane, um, a William Parker, guys like that. I mean, you've got to try to find some other bodies at offensive line, whether it's Dane Davis, Ollie Lane again, Jackson Lampley. I mean, you have to develop depth. I mean, it's only the third game of the season. you still got 10 of these bad boys, including today, and you've got to find some depth. And, and that goes – for the secondary as well. Willie Martinez talked about trying to get some young guys, some reps, Christian Charles, uh, to Marion McDonald, Danico Slaughter, get those guys reps because Trayvon Flowers and, and Jalen McCullough have not played great football. They, they haven't been awful, but McCullough's athleticism, lack of athleticism gets him beat quite a bit. Christian Charles does not lack athleticism. So, um, I could see a situ- situation later on in the season uh, of maybe making a change there. So go ahead and get Christian Charles some reps. Uh, Alante Taylor, Warren Burrell, not the most consistent players on the planet. Let's try to get Kamal Haddon, Brandon Turnage, some reps in there. Maybe Kenneth George Jr., although I personally don't have a ton of faith in KG5. Uh, so a linebacker depth, we, we know how that is. Uh, I think this game is pivotal for Aaron Beasley. Don't don't allow Juwan Mitchell, Jeremy Banks to take a beating. Let Aaron Beasley get in there and uh, add some character to his game. Let let him take some lumps. Uh, get Aaron Willis in there. Get Morvin Joseph in there. Guys like that, Amari Thomas, guys like that that you're going to need later on in the season if you're going to get the six wins. They they've they've got to play today because you have to get them some game reps. Yeah, and uh, I'll throw in there Harrison Bailey. I, I think if mm-hmm. the opportunity presents itself, you, you you throw Harrison Bailey into the game. Now it, it becomes a tricky conversation because you want to get the passing game going with Hendon Hooker and, and Joe Milton or Joe Milton. So you want to let them get as many reps as possible. But I, I don't think Harrison should be forgotten about. I, I that's that's the part of this whole quarterback conversation or controversy that I hate is that because I don't think that Harrison Bailey is ready to play right now. It comes off as, as me saying that he's just a bad football player and that he's not worth anything. That that's not at all. My opinion on Harrison Bailey, my opinion based off of what Harrison does in practice is that he's not ready to be thrown into a game right now. Yeah. Um, Years down the road, he could be, and, and that's why you want to get him reps in games like today against Tennessee Tech. Last thing, Eric, is the last time these two teams played was in 2016. And Tennessee did play three quarterbacks. Josh Dobbs took care of business. Quentin Dormady came in and was nine for 12, if I remember correctly. And then Sharon Jones came in for, for a series or two uh, as the third quarterback and was one for one for like 12 yards. Uh, I, I would like to see Harrison with, with five to seven passing attempts he, he needs reps and the more reps that he can get uh, the better it is for him long term because you never know when when you may need to turn to him and with the quarterbacks it'll be interesting too I mean Joe Milton has practiced some this week it's been Hendon Hooker uh, that's been taking the bulk of the ones because Milton is is you know coming off an injury right now and his status is 
It's still a bit unclear. I think it'll be a, a game down decision, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Joe Milton out there. If he can go, he'll go because of what you pointed out. You know, Tennessee is not going to give up on him regardless, um, whether that means playing a little bit of two or sticking with Milton for Florida, whatever the case may be. I mean, I think it's pretty evident in the conversations or in the public settings with Heupel and, and coaches this week that they still have a lot of faith in Joe Milton. So if he's available to play, he'll play. If he's not available to play, and I, I'm expecting him to play, but if he's not available to play, then you'll see a whole lot of Harrison Bailey for sure because Hendon Hooker is not going to play that entire ball game. Um, but, you know, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah, depth, a lot of players try to get in a rhythm and, and also trying to get in a rhythm with the passing game and the offense too. It might be challenging uh, to a, a degree because I think in points in time you'll have, you know, a, a Joe Milton slash Hendon Hooker, you know, playing behind an offensive line with Dane Davis, Parker Ball, Kingston Harris, and stuff like that, um, you know, potentially today, simply because, you know, I expect the starters to go out there and play some, but Kate Mays isn't playing the, a whole lot in this game. Uh, Darnell Wright's not going to play a whole lot in this game. Cooper Mays, I would be shocked if Cooper Mays even stepped foot on the field. I'd be shocked yeah. if Jamari Small stepped foot on the field. Jalen Hyatt. I think it's, you know, as of late Friday night, they were determining if if, if Hyatt could potentially go. But even if he can go, he's not going to play an awful lot because there's no need, Ben. No, and I was just going to point out Heupel's comments on, on ball calls about Cooper Mays. And all you need to know, reading between the lines uh, about Cooper Mays, is, is when Heupel says, we don't know if it's the smartest thing to throw him out there. That tells you all you need to know about uh, Cooper Mays' status and and – Guys like Jabari Small, no need to play him this game. We talk about getting guys reps, get D Beckwith, get Laneith Whitehead, get them some reps and find out what they can do in a game-like situation. You look at these numbers for Tennessee Tech just briefly. They played in the spring, first and foremost. They had a spring season, FCS, and that's tough. You play at least, let's see, they had a seven-game season, so you're playing at least 19 games in the span of less than a year, that's tough. So uh, props to them for, for, to begin with. But 2-5 and five, uh, in the 2020 spring season, uh, averaged 20 points a game offensively. That was second worst in the Ohio Valley Conference. Uh, they had the second-best defense, however, in the spring, giving up only you know 328 uh, you know, yards of total low per game, which is really solid. So far this year, 0-2, 52-14 loss to Sanford, 26-0 shutout defeat last week. Against Furman, the offense is averaging a touchdown a game, only 176 yards of total low. Defensively, a little skewed, but giving up 39 points per game, 423 yards uh, of total O the other way. The quarterback has been just abysmal. He transferred in. His name is Davis Shanley, completing 45% of his passes, one touchdown, four picks. Uh, David Giss is the running back. He's got a little over 100 yards in two games. Quentin Cross, a wide receiver, I had a really nice spring season already leading the team in receiving uh, to date. Defensively, again, they do return a lot of uh, some pretty solid contributors from that 2020 uh, second overall defense in that conference. You got two-time first-team all-OVC defensive end Chris Tucker returns. Seth Carlaw, a linebacker, he's led the team in tackles the last two years. Josh Relaford at free safety, he was a second-team OVC guy uh, in the spring. Uh, so there's some guys that are playing hard, but again, it's whatever Tennessee wants is whatever Tennessee's going to get uh, in this football game. So um, it'll be interesting to see exactly how. I, I, that's what I'm intrigued with the most today, Ben, is we know that Heupel's going to play a whole lot of players. 
but what do these combinations look like? It won't matter today. I think they're just trying to get eyes and film on everybody possibly imagine in order to say, okay, moving forward, if we want, if we think our best five on the offensive line is to sit Spragans right now, slide Carvin back over, slide Cade Mays in, and put somebody at tackle out there because the tackles have been fine so far. It's the interior. So much of that has to do with Cooper Mays being injured and, and Jerome Carvin not playing guard. Um, that's what I'm intrigued with the most today. Yeah, and I don't know. It goes back to the weird conversation that I mentioned earlier of do you keep your, your starting 11, the, the primary guys on offense, in maybe a little longer than you would like to, to try and hope that you can find some rhythm, uh, momentum, confidence going into the Florida game uh, next weekend. So do, do you – say yes to that question or because of the lack of depth and because you want to get some guys some experience, do you maybe turn to some guys that you wouldn't typically turn to a little earlier? I think on both uh, sides, I just going to say real quick, I think on both sides you don't pull those guys or part of those guys or some of those guys until together as a unit. They go down, they put together two or three drives, score, then get them out. Defensively, two or three three and outs, get them out. Um, and until they get that, I think you might see them stay in there, but I don't think it'll take long at all. And, and then potentially some of those guys will stay in longer than others. Like I said, I mean, I, you know, if, if they take the first offensive line unit out together, wouldn't surprise me. But if they take the tackles out first and leave the interior, you know, that wouldn't surprise me either. But I think as a unit, they're going to try to get two to three, two to three solid scoring drives, in my opinion, or, you know, three and outs of, of the nature conversely. Yeah, I, I don't think that's enough. I, I, I think you've got to go. I'm, I'm not even looking at it in terms of drives. I'm looking at it in terms of give the first team offense the entire first half, maybe yep. even a, then, then maybe get into two or three drives into the third quarter. Uh, because like I, I recognize wanting to get some guys some experience and try to stay injury free because of the depth, but you, you've got to try to f- open up some things on offense and find a rhythm going to Gainesville next week. I mean, th- this, yep. this passing offense leaves a, a lot to be desired right now. And you, you've got to, in my opinion, you've got to find something. You, you've got to find some confidence in the guys going in to, to next week. Defense, I look at it differently, kind of w- what you were getting at. Um, I'd be much more in and out substitution-wise and you can on do the that defensive a bit side of the ball. Over there anyway, yeah. Right, right. So – uh, I, I'll be curious to see how Heifel uh, decides to, to, to handle that. Uh, I, I personally am in favor of trying to let the offense find some confidence going into the Florida game. Yeah, I mean, and, and they're going to need it too. So, I mean, like, I, yeah, I agree with you. It, it's kind of weird. It's like, it's like talking about preseason NFL football to where, you know, week by week you see the starters play the first series, then the starters play the first quarter, then week three, the old preseason, not new preseason, week three, they play three quarters and then week four, they don't play at all. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's like, and Titans fans watching that week one embarrassment to the Cardinals, how many were wishing that, that many of, of the offensive players for the Titans had played in the preseason because that, that looked like a unit that had not had a lot of time spent together. So uh, you don't want to deal with that same, uh, lack of cohesion if, if you're Tennessee as, as you begin conference play because this is a game next week that Tennessee can pick off. I'm not going to pick Tennessee to win, 
I, I don't think it's some great chance of them going down there to upset Florida, but I, I'm telling you, Florida is is not what it typically typically is. And if if Joe Milton decides to, if he is the quarterback that is, if he decides to start hitting on those long balls, things change quickly. the The perception of that game changes quickly. You know, it's 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 so unique too, because Ben, I know you, you charted uh, in your in your game notes, you charted a lot of his throws or, or all of his throws, all Hendon Hooker's throws as well. And um, man, he is he is near automatic within twenty yards, and, and it's pretty too. And it's 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 funny too because like kind of the uh, the reputation he had from coming from Michigan was big arm, cannon arm, struggles intermediate and with accuracy. Well, so far, I mean, yeah, you can see the arm. He just can't connect twenty yards down the field. But within 20 yards, those out routes are pretty. I mean, those uh, short little rollouts, getting into the tight ends. And again, you know, it's easier said than done. I don't think any of us could go out there and do it, but it's probably not, doesn't involve a whole lot of, you know, effort in terms of for him, but they look pretty. It's just, you're right. I mean, if you can start connecting on some of those deep balls, um, whether it be a post, whether it be a go, whether it be a hitch and go, whether it be a flag, um, it just, oh, I mean, because, what Josh Heupel said, it, there's yards, you know, to be gained. There are points that we're leaving out there um, in, ter- in terms of the Tennessee football team, and that cannot happen. I mean, it couldn't happen against Pitt. You saw it ended in a loss, right? I mean, that a couple with a couple other things, but that can't happen against Florida and all that. But it's, as far as Florida too, man, like depth, athleticism. But uh, again, we'll, we'll see it today. Emory Jones. And, uh, and and Richardson, you know, neither one of those guys. I, I think the freshman's the better quarterback, and I think he'll be a star. Don't get me wrong, but I don't have any faith in those guys who win a football game in the fourth quarter, having to throw the football. So, not against he, Alabama. Yeah, certainly uh, not the, against the, Alabama. But even right. I mean, you know, say, say Tennessee has him on the ropes next week, and again, I like you. I'm not picking Tennessee to win that game. But if we're talking about Tennessee maybe picking off a game, and that being maybe Florida in the swap next week. I mean, say Tennessee's got him on the ropes in the fourth quarter, and Emory Jones is in there, and you got he's got to sit back and throw to win that football game. I mean, you know, it's anybody's ball game, and so it, yep. it'll. I think watching them today, you're going to find out a whole lot about who they are. Absolutely, I, I've been saying all week that if if you're a Tennessee fan, you hope that Emory Jones does just enough to to where he is the starting quarterback next Saturday. You, you want him to have. Just a little bit of success, more so than than Anthony Richardson, so that he can be the starter uh, against Tennessee. He just makes baffling decisions, yep. very similar decisions to to the previous quarterback that that Tennessee just had. And uh, but he's he, much he, better. <laughs> yeah, um, he he is, but I mean, he has not been productive. He, I mean, he's athletic as all get out. He can he can make plays with his legs, but passing the. Throwing yeah. the football, he is not impressive at all. And Anthony Richardson, he's just kind of – he's just a freak athlete, and that freak athlete is making up for the lack of knowledge for how young he is. Um, you saw it against USF, and that was a big quote that came out of one of Dan Mullen's press conferences this week. Is like he had this long – I think it was a touchdown run. Uh, he had a, a nice run, touchdown run, whatever, uh, where apparently he hurdled somebody – as he was scrambling out of the pocket, but he had a bunch of pre-snap misreads. When the ball was snapped, he misread a couple of different things. He went through the wrong progressions. He made all these mistakes, but then the athleticism took over, hurdled a guy, and then took off running down the field because he's just a freak. So uh, that'll be an interesting game to keep an eye on if if you're Tennessee. And 
it's just the, the, the passing offense, if it can improve, I mean, just even a little bit prior to, to the Florida game, I mean, that would go such a long ways. And yeah. it's not just Joe Milton. Joe Milton is the primary problem. But on a couple of those throws, the receivers aren't doing the, the nuanced the details that help them make the big plays. Jason what, what Swain is, can, can – yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say exactly that. What does Swain say? Because, of course, he played the position. I can see when a quarterback does wrong a lot of times. A lot of times I can't tell when a receiver right. is in the wrong. What does Jason say about what he's seen so far? It's not been great receiver play uh, through two games, That that's for sure. The, the two um, that, that he's kind of been sticking up for Joe about, which has sparked the ignorant and stupid thread on the message board, uh, is the, the overthrow to uh, Javante Payton. And down the sideline, Peyton started looking back for the ball when he was on like the 35-yard line. And obviously, when you turn and look for the ball, you're not running, A, in a straight line, B, as fast as you could be. He quit pumping his arms. And so the ball was overthrown. But if if Javante Peyton isn't running down the field for 20 to 25 yards with his head turned, before he releases from the receiver, then that doesn't slow him down. And, and all of a sudden it's no longer an overthrow because Javante Payton handled his business. Walker Merrill, although it was um, too many men on the field by Pittsburgh. So it was a free play. Walker Merrill did the same thing. He, he started to turn back and look for the football before he even reached his defender that was defending him. I think Pitt was playing zone defense. Uh, so when when Walker ran into that zone of the field and safety or somebody picked him up, he started turning back and looking for the ball and ran 15, 20 yards down the field, looking back for the ball, slowed him down, and the ball is three to five yards in front of Javante Payton, in front of Walker Merrill, and that's only like a stride or two. So if you're not turned back looking for the ball – then, then maybe there's not that that overthrow there. So, again, Swain's not taking up for Joe Milton. He, he's just simply pointing out that the receivers also need to be better. That yes, Joe Milton's the primary issue, but the receivers have not been good through two games. So that that also goes back to why I would leave the the primary guys on offense in a little bit longer to try and work those kinks out because yeah. if you can and you start hitting on those big plays against Florida, I mean it, it changes the perception of that football game. And again, that's why Heupel, that's why Golish, that's why everybody continued after specifically after Bowling Green referred to it as the passing game, not Joe Milton's issues, the passing game because he has enough issues of his own, no worries. But a lot of time or some of the times, um, he's not getting a lot of help he deserves. Um, so, or he, you know, needs to have So moving on real quick. We'll, we'll get to our bowl predictions here in a second, but, uh, overall thoughts. Uh, I know Pittsburgh is what it was. Jer- uh, Jeremy Pruitt, Josh Heupel has been harping on. You got to play smarter. Uh, you can't have all those penalties. Yeah. I, I looked up some stats and I mean, Josh Heupel, man, I didn't realize he was, he, he's a very heavily penalized coach. Uh, the last two seasons, 2019, 2020, not bottom half, not bottom third. We're talking like bottom five in terms of, you know, most penalized teams, 127, 126, 9.2 penalties per game. So it's been a trend. Now, will Tennessee follow that game two trend? I don't know. We'll have to see. Hopefully not. 
but you're looking for Tennessee to play a cleaner game, less penalties, play a whole lot of players. But when you look back at Pittsburgh, you saw Hendon Hooker come in, got to take care of the football. Your thoughts on Hendon Hooker and how, despite everything that went wrong for Tennessee against Pittsburgh and what I think will still be a quality defense, not an elite defense, but a quality defense, Tennessee was still in position to win that football game. Yeah, for, for those who just got triggered or upset with, with me taking up for Joe Milton a little bit, I'm the same guy that's in in Hendon Hooker's camp. I, I would I would roll with Hendon Hooker today against Tennessee Tech. I, I'm not throwing Joe Milton away. I, I'm not done with him, um, casting him off to his own island uh, to, to hang out with Wilson. But uh, I, I am Team Hooker. Uh, I don't say that because it, I'm, I'm I'm not taking a firm stance against somebody. But I, I simply mean I, if I were in charge which thank goodness I'm not because these coaches know a lot more about football than I ever will. Uh, I would, I would start hitting hooker. I simply thought he, he looked better. Um, yes. He had the, the two turnovers, one of which the left tackle and, and tight end did not f- fulfill their responsibility on a play action rollout. Play, yeah. They kept calling those play out the rollout uh play action rollouts across his body. Like the, uh, several times in this first couple of uh, dropbacks. And I, I just, I, I didn't like that. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind getting him on the run because he can make great plays with his legs, but I I can't remember which player, which tight end it was. It was one of the tight ends and it was uh, Darnell. If I remember correctly, they, they just whiffed on their blocks. And all of a sudden as Hendon is starting to roll out, he's got two defenders in his face. Now he needs to do a, a much better job of holding the football. Yeah. You can't be that loose with it there, but um, the the line, the protection did him no favors. And then the interception w- was bad. You, you got to be able to see the backside safety God, that was, that was in, in that situation. And you watch the, the, the TV copy and, and you just see the safety just watching his eyes the whole time. So Hennon's got to look him off, uh, move him with his shoulders, whatever. Uh, so those were bad. But other than, than those two mistakes, I mean, I thought he played well. I, I thought the offense moved the ball well with him in the game. I, I just think he adds such a, a great dynamic with his legs. And I, I know Joe can can run, but I, I just think it, it truly is like a, a Josh Dobbs effect almost when, when Hendon is in the game. Not saying that Hendon is Dobbs or will be Dobbs, not saying that at all, but he, he can just make, he can make guys miss. And Joe's just big. He's a good runner. He's just big. He's not going to make anybody miss, whereas Hooker can can run and make guys miss. So um, I, I liked what I saw from, from Hendon for the most part. Uh, solid, not great. Needs to clean some things up, but uh, I liked what I saw. It, it's just – I just – I don't know if Joe can can correct his mistakes at, at this point. I'm, I'm starting to believe he just kind of is what he is. Uh, I, I hope I'm wrong. Hopefully he can start to connect on, on those deep balls. But I, I just – arm strength does you no good if you can't find a way to put touch on it. The the best quarterbacks the NFL has ever seen have been guys who couldn't throw it 40, 50 yards down the field. Uh, Peyton Manning did not have a strong arm. Eli Manning did not have a strong arm. Chad Pennington did not have a strong arm. But those guys were so accurate and so – smart between the ears that they, they knew where to go with the football and they, they threw with anticipation They they put touch on the ball, they threw guys open and you haven't seen that from Joe Milton. And there's a difference between a fourth year player doing that 
and a true freshman doing that. So I worry that Joe Milton just kind of is what he is. Uh, and I think Hendon can bring more to the table. Uh, although I do realize the overall potential with Joe and his just freakish athletic ability. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many answers that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get today from Tennessee Tech. We're gonna see a lot of players and everything, but are we still having the conversation of, you know, if both those guys go in and play well against Tennessee Tech like they should, is it is it Hendon? Is it Joe? Is it both? Uh, we don't know right now. I'm, I don't know. Uh, moving forward, it'll, it'll be interesting. What's Again, what's the offensive line? We're going to see a whole lot of offensive linemen play today. What's the offensive line they take to, to, to the swamp, the starting five? I don't know right now. Um, I have five in my mind that I think they want, but can you get there by next week? I don't know. Can you get there by Missouri? I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, but what we do know is, again, this is a glorified scrimmage. Play a lot of players. Get right on offense. Get right on defense. Um do what you need to do to get accomplished and then, you know, bring in the reserves and, and let them go ham. So um, I'm excited to see a whole lot of what should be a lot of, a lot of nice, you know, playmaking ability on offense. It's going to be a lot of points. I know it's going to be a blowout. I, I get all that, but it should be cool just to see, you know, if you're a Tennessee fan, it should be cool to see, you know, a whole lot of points. I mean, my prediction that we put out there yesterday, I said, you know, Tennessee 60, uh, you know, Tennessee Tech 7, and I'm the guy that will consistently week in and week out, you know, will, will pin Tennessee to probably not score as many points compared to the others. Uh, that's how confident I am in just, you know, how bad Tennessee Tech is. So, Ben, I love this part of our podcast. This is the third one we've done. Bold prediction time. <laughs> what do you got? We're uh, combined. We're two to two. Both of us have hit on a, a bold prediction. I, I, I hit know. mine week one, and and you hit on yours Week two, I, I completely missed on my bold prediction last week. Well, I completely I, uh, missed on game number one with four turnovers created. <laughs> the, yeah, the, you did. Now, now that now two games in, they're at a, a negative four turnover margin. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we haven't mentioned this already. That's something, you know, we're talking offense, offense, offense defensively. If you don't create several turnovers, maybe not four, but my God, I mean, if not now, then when? I mean, it's, yeah. it is – and Willie Martinez said earlier this week that you know, it's not for lack of trying or being in position. Sometimes they come in bunches. Sometimes it's like it's a drought. I think the defensive line's better. Um, I think your secondary's played okay. Um, it will come, but it better come today. Uh, that that that's for dang sure. It better come today in terms of getting at least one, at least one. They 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 ought to. I'm oddly not concerned about the whole turnovers, lack of of turnovers defensively. Um, well, you can't be minus just, five. Well, the reason I'm not concerned is because I think it can be kind of like a luck thing. Now, you have dynamic playmakers, Tyron, Matthew, Eric Berry. Those guys go and create turnovers. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of turnovers can – can Tip balls, stuff like that. Right. Can, yeah. can kind of come in bunches, as Willie said. I would be – I say that I'm not concerned because it's not like guys are in position. That That's when – I would I would be concerned. So as long as they continue to be in position, uh, I, I think that the the turnovers will come. How much I don't know, but at least one or two, like like you just mentioned. But yeah, we, we got to go three straight weeks with with us hitting on a on a bold prediction. Uh, I got two one hundred yard rushers week one with Tyon and Jabari. Last week you called a you almost went. All the way bold prediction, correct. You, you called a, a block punt for a touchdown and, and thought it would be Lenith Whitehead, but uh, Christian Charles came through 
and and took care of that for you. I was way off. I said Milton would hit on three deep balls, and boy, was I wrong. Um, he, I And I was feeling good about it, too, after he threw that ball to Jalen Hyatt. I was like, okay, I'm going to get my bold prediction right. That's the best ball. Now, granted, I'm young, and I haven't covered – You've gone to way more Tennessee games than I ever have. Um, I haven't covered the team, you know, but three years now. That was the best ball I think I've seen thrown inside that state. That was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, that – it yes, because people – I mean, nobody talks about how he was was stepping up in the pocket and, and avoiding some pressure. I mean, he, he looked – he wasn't standing flat-footed like he was against Bowling Green. He, he stepped up in the pocket, sidestepped somebody – and just delivered an absolute dime. I, I agree with you. My bold prediction this week is that Valus Jones returns a kick for a touchdown. Valus Jones is, is going to take a kickoff to the house. Uh, I'll say 96-yard touchdown return in the first quarter. Well, here, here's where it's re- really going to be bold because – in my prediction, I picked Tennessee to win 52 to nothing, which means Valus is only going to get one opportunity at returning the kick because Tennessee Tech's only going to be kicking once. It's, it's either going to be to start the game or at halftime, depending on how the coin toss goes. So my bold prediction is, A, Tennessee pitches a shutout, so Valus only gets one kickoff return, and he takes advantage of that kickoff return, returns it, 96 yards to the house for a touchdown. I like it. I like it. And that's something I picked up on in two games. I mean, Bayless, man, Bayless runs hard. He runs. That's why he's such a good kick returner and, and why it's Southern Cal uh, last year leading you know, the SEC in kick return yardage. Now, Tennessee was back to catch a lot of kicks. That has something to do with it, but uh, he runs hard. So I like that. I like that a lot. Um, you know, it's hard to, in a game like this, it's hard to make a bold prediction about offense because we don't know how long Tyon Evans will play. Technically, Tyon Evans is questionable. I expect Tyon Evans to play. He's been practicing this week. Um, it, it, we don't know how long he'll play. We don't know how long some of these receivers will play. We don't know how what the split will be between the quarterbacks. So I'll stay away from offense. I'll go defense. Had a block punt for uh, for a touchdown last week or a block punt, you know, and I hit on that. This week, it's going to be a scoop and score for a touchdown. So you, you create a turnover and you take advantage of that turnover. So um, if we're going to go all the way, Let's do this. Let's go. Danico Slaughter knocks it loose. Let's go. Brandon Turnage picks it up and takes it into the end zone for a scoop and score. Have we even seen Brandon Turnage on the football field this year? We will today. He's out there. He's he's in uniform. And I know Kamal Haddon is because I see his stuff on social. Uh, so we'll see him. We'll see him today, right? So uh, that is – that is my bold pre- unless there's something I don't know about. That is my bold prediction here against uh, Tennessee Tech. Ben, closing thoughts, man. Anything else that uh, sticks out that you're looking forward to, or, or anything regarding the Golden Eagles of Tennessee Tech? The uh, Derek Rogers Golden Eagles. I, I'd be very curious to know. A, does Derek Rogers even know if this game is is happening? Uh, B, where is Derek Rogers and, and what is he doing these days? Hopefully staying out of trouble. Uh, C, who does he want to win this this football game? Uh, so that, that, that is a, a curious thought that I have had this morning. But, but we covered it. Very curious to see uh, how the, the quarterbacks are handled. Uh, I'll be curious to, to hear after the game if Hendon Hooker does start uh, because Hendon did take most of the first team reps in, in practice this week. 
was that because they liked what they saw more from Hendon against Pittsburgh, or is that because Joe Milton is is banged up? I'm also very curious, as I mentioned earlier, to see if if Harrison Bailey gets in the game. So uh, the the unfortunate part of this game came is that there there's nothing that Tennessee can do from the media perception, fan perception that is that is going to persuade opinions because if, if Tennessee goes out and beats Tennessee tech 52 to nothing, like I predicted, I think yours was 60 to six or 60 to seven. Yep. Uh, If that happens, then like, we're going to be like, okay, you're, you're supposed to to do that. We're not going to give you a ton of credit, but if Tennessee goes out there and screws around and looks awful and wins 42 to 17 42 to 20 then there's gonna be a lot of freak out and and a lot of panic so that's the unfortunate part about these type of football games is you can't gain anything but you sure can lose some some confidence and some perception so i'll be curious to see how tennessee handles this type of opponent how the quarterbacks play and then kind of all those depth pieces the, the potential depth pieces that we mentioned earlier in the pod curious to see how those guys play as well Yep, you're exactly right. There's nothing to gain, a whole lot to lose, even if you don't lose on the scoreboard in games like this. I mean, look at Bowling Green. You won 38-6, to and gosh, you know, the all hell was breaking loose leaving that stadium, it felt like at times. So, um, interesting game. We will have full coverage, two-minute drill coming up right before the game with uh, with Austin Price and, of course, Rob Lewis. We'll have a game thread. Ben will start that game thread, and uh, we'll be uh, chatting in there all throughout the game. We'll have a two-minute drill afterwards. We'll have videos of Josh Heupel and players. We'll have our mini-pod following this game and, of course, tons and tons of columns and content throughout the weekend. It is another recruiting weekend. No official visitors, but um, if you look at the the War Room posted on Friday, a um, couple of commits are going to be in town. Mo Clipper, uh, Nimrod's going to be here. A couple other recruits, Christian Conyer, Caleb Perry, C.J. Allen, and uh, Jalen Bell are guys that will be here, but there'll be plenty more, and we'll have coverage of that uh, at VolQuest throughout the weekend. Big thanks to Smoky Mountain Organics and a uh, new promotion here and, uh, you know, being new to Vol Nation and new to VolQuest. I want to start off by welcoming all the new Vol fans to any location. If you mention VolQuest, they're going to give you 15% off your total price. That's on in-store purchases. You can check out Smoky Mountain Organics at the four locations locally in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and the newest location in Knoxville at 8018 Kingston Pike. For Ben McKee, I am Eric Kane. This has been GameQuest, Tennessee Tech Edition, here on VolQuest.com. You've been listening to GameQuest, a VolQuest pregame podcast with Ben McKee and Eric Kane. Stay dialed in to VolQuest.com for complete game day coverage. This has been GameQuest, a VolQuest production.